Well, welcome to the Get Fit with Jodell podcast. I am, as usual, Jodell, and I've been trying to get people to look up for quite some time instead of looking down at their little rectangles, their little devices, because if you do, you will see that something is going on in our skies that is affecting our health. Uh, so in order to help you understand the importance of looking up, I've brought on an expert who will open your eyes to the truth in our skies. Matt Landman is, a, is growing in recognition as a leader in 5G and geoengineering awareness activism. His passion and view changing information come directly from official documentation and accepted science-backed research. He created the social change documentary Franken Skies, which I happen to really find fascinating. Um, and it's a free documentary bringing awareness to ongoing atmospheric aerosol injections, climate change, weather modification programs, and geoengineering. All of things we're going to be talking about today. So from the day he realized something abnormal was occurring in our skies, he was driven to do something about it. And he has, and we are going to talk all about that. And I love his passion. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jodell, for having me on. Absolutely. Um, that's a great um, intro, and it's nice to meet like-minded folks, uh, especially um, people from the Midwest. Uh, it's recently, I've been meeting some really nice, cool folks from around those parts, so nice to, nice to see you. Yeah, we're kind of deep thinkers out here, so we like mm -hmm. to <laughs> we like to think outside the box. But so first off, um, if you guys have not seen Franken Skies while we're talking here, you may even want to come back to this podcast after you watch this incredible documentary that will ha have you scratching your head and looking up quite a bit. And you can't negate this film as it starts even in like the 1920s with this amazing timeline of things that have happened in our skies. So let's start with that, Matt. Why are you so interested in educating the world as an activist about this thing called geoengineering, which you can obviously explain what that is as well? Because nobody knows about it. That's that's the that's the really short answer, and then the long answer I could talk for like hours. So, um, and thank you for asking. I grew up in Virginia, in Northern Virginia, um, right outside DC, and I went to Virginia Tech in Southern Virginia. So I had the taste of both sides of uh, country life in Virginia, like Southern Virginia and Northern Virginia, totally different world. You know, Northern Virginia is like DC, mm -hmm. uh, Southern Virginia is not. It's like um, uh, country. So. Anyways, I've walked a lot of different walks of life. I've worn many hats. Um, I got a business degree. I got a master's degree in business, film. I studied film as well. I ended up becoming a filmmaker. I've, I've had like 40 different jobs. I've, I've driven cross country a dozen times. I just learned to paddleboard this summer. Hey, and I'm right excited, to tell, you, excited <laughs> to tell you that. Yeah. And um my point is, is I'm a normal, normal guy, normal dude. Um, maybe a little more ambitious than some, because I did break out of where I grew up and moved to LA, moved to San Diego, went back to school in California. And um, I had that wanderlust, you know, but I'm still just this normal person. And I see through that lens of the normal person. You know, I grew up listening to all the music everyone listened to, you know, from Rage Against the Machine to Wu-Tang to Ska when it came out, all this stuff. We're probably around the same age. I don't know. I was born in 1980 and just like, same. I, did you say same? Same. Yeah. 
Really cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, and you know, in the like 1998, I was 18, and you know, when the internet came out, I was like an adult for it. And when I was a kid, there was no internet, and so I was. It was a precious thing, and I'm a normal guy. And the fact that I knew nothing about it really blew my mind. It blew my world to pieces, really. So I had I was in my mid 30s, and I woke up to it firsthand. I witnessed weather engineering when I um, decided to work on a farm. I had had never worked on a farm. I didn't know anything about that. And I thought it was just like redneck, stupid stuff. Like I grew up kind of in the city and I would never have worked on a farm, you know, but I did after getting a freaking master's in business and working in the office again and realizing I wanted to learn something else. And my first day on the farm, I learned more than I ever I learned some more valuable information than I ever learned in my entire lifetime. Like I learned that potatoes, you put them in the ground, they grow potatoes. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't know about varieties of this and that. I had no idea that there were thousands and thousands of types of apples. I thought there was like four, you know, I didn't grasp any of it. I grew up thinking I knew everything and I didn't know any, I didn't know much at all. And so once I witnessed firsthand weather engineering, which I could, I'll tell that quickly story and then we can go on. So we were in the midst of a catastrophic drought in California. And I was like year five of this drought. And I, that's the year that I started working on this organic farm. And we grew all sorts of stuff, squash, like 20 varieties of squash. I didn't even know 20. I didn't even know that many varieties of squash existed. All those different varieties of things, over a dozen varieties of potatoes and potatoes were dry farming. Like you don't even water them. It's amazing. Potatoes are potatoes are amazing. <laughs> On a little side note, the Incans bred the poison out of potatoes. They're actually nightshades and they're poisonous, but they were farmed and selectively bred. And over generations, the poison was taken out of this abundant plant so that we could actually eat it and grow it and stuff. So this one day we were expecting a lot of rain. And I went to work expecting to get rained on harvesting pumpkins in the field is what it was because it was early October and we didn't expect rain that early and we didn't want all the pumpkins to rot out there and lose the money, the crop. So I'm out there harvesting pumpkins and this huge storm comes in off the ocean and where I worked in Northern California, very rural community, agricultural community. And I could hear the waves. That's how close I was to the ocean. It was a really beautiful uh, place to go to school and then go to you know work on a farm and whatnot and witness this and tell the story and be able to tell the story. So on the edge of this big storm where we're get, about to get a week of rain, like a big black one week storm, like a big storm it's coming in. And on the edge of this storm, all these planes showed up and it was an, and me majoring in um, business and, and studying statistics. And I actually graduated top of my class with a master's in business uh, with a focus in strategic sustainability. The statistics were really something for me because I studied stock market before and all this sort of stuff. And I'm a numbers guy. And there's, there is something to be said about numbers and an irregular, an irregularity, like something that's not coincidental, you know, like if you're out there every single day on the farm and there's no planes in the sky because there's no big airport near you because you're in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden 20 planes show up and they zigzag the sky something's going on and and not only were they zigzagging the sky but they were actually leaving lines out of the back of the jets whereas normally if a plane flew by it wouldn't be so there's these irregularities 
and the, the the amount of planes on the sky all at once and the fact that they're on the edge of the storm and then the storm came it didn't drop rain after that mm. you know and i still didn't have any reference point whatsoever i didn't even know what i had witnessed and so i kind of just tabled the memory i just put it back in my file cabinet and then like a month later my buddy on the phone said the word chemtrails that's it and i looked it up on the internet you know and so that's how valuable and precious and powerful our word is you can plant the seed if you plant the seed properly it's not about being all crazy and and being that crazy conspiracy theorist that they think that that identify that that name identifies people like that should be you know what i mean like like they think that anybody who thinks a certain way is going to be a certain way don't be that way meet them at their on their level and then surprise them with oh well actually i've done some research and i think you know the stuff coming out of the back of the jets might not be what you think whatever plant the seeds and then let them sit down and watch my movie <laughs> you know because that's an opportunity to not just like drill someone but they can think for themselves and the movie's not me narrating. I always watch documentaries and I hated documentaries. I don't like people telling their self-absorbed egotistical story. I might have to do something like that for the sequel, making the sequel Frankenstein's 2, right. Climate Chains. And the story is getting very more complicated, you know, and so I might have to narrate some of it. But but the educational documentary Frankenstein's, it starts off 1920s and goes to modern day to 2017 when the movie came out. It's all just historical chronological footage basically until you get to modern day and then it's footage that i shot interviewing people but you can't i'm not like saying oh look at it this way or i'm not speaking throughout the movie i'm just showing the facts so i'm sorry that was that was me answering one question so what how are you what else you got hello <laughs> thanks for asking well no and i have to i have to say I heard it said one time, and I really like the saying that it's not a conspiracy if there's published data behind it. Mm -hmm. And I will say your your documentary is there's data behind it. Like you can go and do all this research. You can watch the military folks that are on your documentary talking about themselves being a part of it or knowing a lot of things about it. When I actually watch the movie, I talk to someone I know that's in the military and they said, I cannot confirm or deny what you're saying to me because mm -hmm. I know too much. So they couldn't wow. actually tell me that it wasn't true, you know, they wouldn't go that that deep with me. So that that threw me and I since then I have been just really uh, wanting to educate people because I think it's really important that we look and see what's going on so that we're aware and not just be naive about what's going on because we do need to protect ourselves. We do need to take precautions. And I th we'll talk about that at some point, but going back to geoengineering for the layperson, what does that mean? Uh, that's a great question. And I'll get there one second. And that's yeah. sometimes when you're speaking to people and they don't give you the direct answer when you know that they probably know the answer, like it's kind of like a politician. I mean, he answered the question really, because obviously he knows that something's mm -hmm. being sprayed and whatever. He's probably under this Basically, he's being told that they're doing it to save the world, for one, and that he can't say because it's national security. So mm. it's like, it's all these levels. So many people ask the question, well, how come people haven't come forward, right? It's because they're compartmentalized. They're on a need-to-know basis. And at the end of the day, they're being told it's this, this heroic, you know. So 
it's it's very much um, mind controlled the entire situation, and when you, it's not in your payroll to be able to even know exactly what's going on, so you can't hardly speak to it when you're just there. But there's an elaborate orchestrated thing going on in the skies every single day. There's a lot of people that are in the know. And yeah, you're right. It's important for us to be aware. So many people are like, I don't want to know. Yeah. It's the world that you live in. Right. Like if you were walking on lava, wouldn't you like to know? Mm-hmm. It's literally the environment in which you live. So geoengineering is a word that when I st- first started getting into chemtrails, um, it started coming up and people would say, use that word. That's the professional um, sounding non-conspiracy word, geoengineering. Mm-hmm. And so I did, yeah, I threw the word around geoengineering, this and that, but, but at the end of the day, come to find out as it was normalized and released by the media. Okay. And the media is like, you can't just say media anymore. That When you say like the media releases something, that's like all the powers that be, including the like military. They, like the media came out and said that geoengineering is, is, is now here to save us. And there's this new idea out of Harvard and Bill Gates, and they want to dim the sun. So, so geoengineering is dimming how much sunlight Earth gets in order to slow down anthropogenic man-made global warming Mm -hmm. so it's this big jump leap forward that there's man actual man-made global warming which i do not believe in but you know that's another story for everybody you know a lot of people will gasp at that but the leap forward that there is global warming going on that it's so bad that we need to act upon it and do something about it and inter- and intervene. So man needs to intervene because of man's carbon emissions, essentially. And geoengineering is, um, well, it's not just dimming the sun. You can geoengineer the planet in other ways by like messing with the ocean or whatever. But the primary geoengineering that we're discussing is spraying um, d- something into the atmosphere. There's all these different talks of chalk and, uh, aluminum, barium, strontium is what it comes down to, but they want to pretend like they're experimenting with sulfur and all these different things, but it's creating an artificial cloud layer to supposedly reflect uh, light back into space, increasing the reflectivity of the atmosphere, they call it. There's a word called albedo, A-L-B-E-D-D-O, or maybe one D, albedo, and that's the reflectivity of the earth. And they want to increase the reflectivity of the earth so that less sunlight gets in. Okay. So different experiments have, have been done in laboratories, they claim. Okay. They wanted to do a big experiment in Tucson, Arizona, spraying aluminum in the sky to do it in real world. And I went down there, had a big protest and a conference and a concert and a protest on Mother's Day for Mother Earth. The whole city knew about the experiment. Not everyone agreed that necessarily chemtrails were ongoing, but everybody in that city knew that that experiment was about to happen with Bill Gates. And they said, no, they put the kibosh on it. It didn't happen. It was amazing. This, the experiment was moved to Sweden. It didn't happen publicly. Uh, I mean, it's ongoing almost every day when I look out you know, my window. So it's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, but publicly, they say that they haven't done it in real world. But what they claim will work best 
is they claim that they first wanted to do diamonds to spray diamonds in the atmosphere to reflect a light back into space, but the diamonds were too expensive. They claim that they tried and wanted to work with mirrors, but they can't get the mirrors to stick in the sky too much. And they want to use nanoparticulate aluminum. What they do do is spray aluminum in the atmosphere mm-hmm. and then zap it with electrical frequencies to get it to, to stay um, longer in the atmosphere and to superheat the atmosphere and different things to make chemical reactions in that atmosphere and whatnot. What happens instead of increasing the reflectivity and making less light come in, what happens is that the light that comes in, it gets stuck. And that whole greenhouse effect that we learned about back in elementary school, mm-hmm. they're enhancing, creating, um, intensifying a greenhouse effect by making a metal atmosphere. Think about it. The heat's not getting out. So they're actually making a global warming. And then that gets back to this Hegelian dialectic. If everyone knows George Hegel at the turn of the century created this master slave dialectic where you can basically convince the public to do whatever you want as long as you've got it planned out enough to have the solution to the problem that you've created already planned. So it's like, Oh, the war on terror will create the war on terror so that we can, whatever, X, Y, Z, you know, take away the rights Patriot Act or whatever, whatever it may be for this agenda. They actually create the warming of the planet, create heat waves, create fires and different things and actually change the word to climate change. So they can just wreak havoc with this engineered weather called chemtrails and then say, oh, look, we have this problem. The solution is geoengineering. And then as they slowly introduce geoengineering to the public and are geoengineering, they're making the problem even worse, making the climate change, global warming, whatever heat waves and saying, oh man, we really need to do this even more. You guys see there's this problem and everyone's like eating it up because what no one wants to think for themselves or look up and and what have you. Mm. Yeah, no, it makes total sense what you said. And it's this is impacting our health because I'm assuming the aluminum's not just going to stay up there. I'm assuming that it does fall down at some point and affect our health. And if you look up aluminum toxicity on, you know, Google, Google the symptoms of it. And from my understanding, it's very similar to like if you're having allergies, a sore throat, maybe even some symptoms of like a cold. Um, it, it could actually not actually be that you're getting a cold. Is this stuff actually affecting our body when it's being sprayed in the sky? And also, I do want you to talk about like, let's say somebody's walking right now, listening to this podcast, and we've gotten them to look up, what are they looking for? Because I know what it is. I know the grid patterns that I've seen here in the Midwest, but maybe explain like the difference between a normal cloud and how you know that there's stuff going on in the atmosphere. Um, yes, definitely. It, it takes kind of a trained eye because sometimes it's not always that obvious. Sometimes it's very, very obvious and mm-hmm. it's surprising that some don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, f- to finish what I was saying just before, the thing is, is there's a lot of confusion between the word geoengineering and chemtrails. Chemtrails is spraying aerosolized chemicals mm-hmm. in the sky with drones and rockets and jets and stuff for whatever means it could be to experiment on the population um, with lithium which they do to see how the people react it could be to engineer the weather it could be to dim the sun geoengineering is just this scheme to dim the sun and it's it's becoming normalized and they're putting a big happy face on it like everyone should be excited about it kind of thing and and be okay with it coming out of our 
tax dollars. Um, I, I will probably blank on the first question, but I'll explain the clouds right okay. now. So, okay, we'll come to find out the jets of our childhood, they were slowly becoming outfit with these new engines, okay? So in the 1960s, the engines on the jets, they were on the, they were pushing the jets with like propulsion and they were using this jet fuel and they were really hot, you know? And the idea of the contrail could hold water back then because what they say now is like, oh, that line in the sky, it's a contrail. And what that means is a condensation, like you're, um, when you're out in the cold and you blow your mouth and there's this condensation from the moisture in your breath and the heat, they say that there's hot air blasting out the back of the jets and it's cold in the atmosphere. And that's why you have that line from the jet. Well, in the sixties, Rolls-Royce, General Electric, they started making these really good engines and come the mid sixties and the seventies, all the planes started getting outfit with these new engines. And so by the time we were born, all the commercial jets and whatnot have these big engines on them that are called high bypass turbofan jet engines. They are fans. So it's just like a propeller on a jet, on a plane, I'm sorry, a propeller on a plane. Whenever a propeller is spinning, it's making air to create lift over the wings to make the plane go. There's no hot air. And same with these big engines on these planes. They're getting spun to create there's this big turbofan and this turbofan spinning and it's not creating hot air. There's hardly any um, jet fuel even being used in, when it's up in flight. Is there an air compressor unit? It's a whole nother story, but there's not hot air being blasted out of the back. That's a total misconception. So oftentimes you'll see a plane going, nothing's coming out of the back, no matter how high it is, no matter what the humidity in the atmosphere, if there's clouds or not, see planes going, nothing's going. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Okay, you'll see other planes. These are drones. These are military aircraft disguised to look like um, passenger jets, different stuff like that. They're expelling stuff from the back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a short looking trail that dissipates quickly. Sometimes it's medium looking trail. Sometimes it's a longer trail. Mm -hmm. All those are just different chemicals. Sometimes the short and the medium trail and the long trail will be side by side because they'll be mixing the chemicals right there. Sometimes they'll be doing a lot of the short trails all day. And then later on in the day or the next day, they'll come out and all the long trails will stick really well because they prime the sky with the barium. I believe the shorter trails are barium. The longer trails are aluminum. Okay. And I do remember your first question. So the, the, the trails dissipate and they end up in this wispy looking nice. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at times they'll hit them with ground-based stations called harp but harp is all over the place now in these smaller antenna arrays but there's these elect harp is is an acronym h-a-a-r-p for highly active auroral research program i think something like that yeah. and what they do is they use intersecting radio waves from ground-based stations they have this football field size antenna array it's like the size of the football field it's got all these antennas the antennas are like 40 feet tall it's tesla technology and they'll use radio waves to, so when you have a microwave, these are just little radio waves, micro-sized radio waves intersecting and hitting your food in the microwave. They're just um, shooting from either direction and intersecting in your food and having the water oscillate to make, the, make it heat by the intersecting microwaves, radio waves. It's all radio waves. So these radio waves are being used in the sky to intersect radio waves 
and and clash them together and superheat the atmosphere after the chemicals have been sprayed. And then that makes the mix together easier or make high pressure systems control the weather or whatever. So sometimes you can see these ripples in the sky mm-hmm. and then there's all this um, stuff afoot. I'm trying not to curse. So there's a lot of uh, bad stuff <laughs> going on. Yeah. There's a lot of bad stuff going on when you see the ripples in it and it's like a haze and it's these tight ripples um, that you'll start to, if you have a keen eye or if you looked up a few times, start to see it even on the edge of weather systems. A long line in the sky from a jet, that's pretty obvious. Um, a big fluffy cloud that's normal like your childhood, that's normal and nice and normal, cool. Yeah. Um, there's weird ones that like drip and like look like they're falling apart and stuff like that. Anything that you can't like watch and look like it's a normal cloud and maybe give it a name when it shifts into a poodle. Yeah. Anything that doesn't do stuff like that, it's 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 probably chemicals. There's so much going on nowadays. And I realized that they do it so much so that no one questions it. It's right. in your face so often that it's like, wait, that's, come on. They must be spending millions of dollars a day, Matt. And it's like, yeah, actually, one of the primary um, organizations, whatever, spraying is NASA. Mm-hmm. So there's all these ongoing programs. I could rattle them all off. Um, there's a care program, C-A-R-E, the acronym is CARE, but they don't care, they're, they're bad right. evil guys. <laughs> and that CARE program is through NASA and it stands for the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment. It's easily looked up, hidden in plain sight. You look it all up, they have a fleet of drones and planes and they make noctilucent clouds, fake clouds, right. mixing aluminum, barium, and strontium in the atmosphere, using the atmosphere as a laboratory. That's a NASA quote from one of the presentations that they give. Mm-hmm. NASA has a budget of $60 million per day people wow. Wow. Six, like just fathom that they're not doing everything that they say a lot of their stuff is cgi you know all that's like another rabbit hole but let's let's be let's be very clear they have a chemtrail program okay and they don't spend all of their money on space they spend a lot of their budget a lot of it's like not scrutinized I mean, I don't think anything, any of it's scrutinized. That's the biggest thing is transparency and scrutiny. If we could have just that in our world today, in every facet of our lives, imagine how, I mean, transparency and scrutiny equals truth, right? I mean, there'd be a different, totally, totally different world that we'd be in. So NASA has a chemtrail program with a near unlimited budget. Okay, there's also um, SRM, SRMGI, stratosphere. Um, Solar Radiation Management Governance Initiative is SRMGI. And you can look at that up at srmgi.gov and that's through the CIA. There's all sorts of ongoing spraying programs with different acronyms through the government. Or, I mean, even if you want it to not rain on your wedding day, if you've got 500 grand, you can make it rain or not rain on your wedding day. You know, you these things are doable. Okay, so I'm on a little tangent. And then as far as... Um, did you say is they're falling down to the ground level? Yes, yes, the chemicals do, they come down to the ground level. And it's, <clears throat> the thing is, is it's been going on for a while. All right, um, come the mid nineties, people started to scratch their head and say, wait, what's going on? There's lines in the sky, there weren't lines in the sky before. I was like 15, I didn't care. I was listening to Nirvana or whatever I was doing. So, you know, <laughs> Like my friends had long blonde hair and could like headbang and I had like right. nappy hair. I couldn't headbang, you know, I was like, sure. I, could, I, I didn't fit in. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't even, it's actually, it was great not fitting in. It's great. It so is. anyways, lines in the sky started happening. And in, for instance, Kingman, Arizona, 
this community of Kingman, Arizona, they came together and they said, what, what is this? What is going on? And they tested their blood. They tested the rainwater on days after lots of lines and it did rain because what goes up does come down in the rain. Um, they tested everything they could, the soil, people do air tests and whatever. But what they did find in the rain and their blood, these spikes of aluminum, barium and strontium. Right. And like this isn't just some crazy conspiracy um, conclusion Mm-mm. because aluminum, barium and strontium are riddled throughout these patents people i give these presentations and i'm like look these patents started coming out right when people start seeing the lines in their family photos the patents are for like nasa barium release rockets and you've got these rockets that are releasing barium and then people get the rainwater and it's like in the trees it's in everything so i mean i mean not that it's in everything because then people can question that i'm saying it's it's very well studied and it's it comes down where they're spraying. So mm-hmm. aluminum oxide and barium salts are patented fire accelerants. They're showing up in the water mm-hmm. and in the trees, and they're making these trees very flammable. And then you end up with this timber box. If you watch the movie Franken Skies, you learn that that the powers that be can make rain. Mm-hmm. Instead, they make fires on forests, wind storms on forest fires, continue to spray fire accelerants via chemtrails, scratch their heads, act like they don't know what's going on. They could be making rain right on top of those fires. And then guess what? Through the global media, they scare the crap out of everybody on earth. And they say, climate change is coming to get you. And then guess what the solution is? It's geoengineering people. Like everybody on everybody breathing right now needs to know about this because it, it's part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's not just an idea that maybe is going to, it's, it's like a whole full on agenda, smart meters, smart cities, climate change, lockdowns, all these things. Um, you know, why it's for control of humanity or something like that. So it's like, but you ask, um, are the chemicals falling down and you know, then, then what, how, how are we impacted and stuff like that? Well, it messes with the soil. It hurts the tree's ability to impact water, especially aluminum. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gives us Alzheimer's and um, dementia when aluminum ends up in our brain. But there's the thing is, the, the best thing about all of this is you get to empower yourselves with the truth. Okay, there's a saying, first the truth you know, makes you mad, but then it sets you free. Mm-hmm. It does. You can get locked into this victimhood frequency after going down these rabbit holes and you can get stuck there for years, you know, like, Oh my gosh, everything I do, I can't even walk outside. But then finally you've got to come to terms with number one. Well, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but so interrupt me anytime. Number one, why are we under attack? Okay. And we are, it's a spiritual battle. Something's actually going on here. The more that I realize the world that I'm in, it's like, Whoa, there's something really happening. It's a war on consciousness. And we are very powerful spiritual beings and they want to dumb us down and make sure that we don't come into our full powers and realize who we are, come to come into our full potential. That should be very empowering for you. Anybody listening, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be like, oh my God, I'm a victim. They want to poison my food. It's like when you go to the grocery store and 90% of it is all bright colored poison, you shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I can't eat Doritos. I wish I could eat Doritos. You should say, wow, I'm so 
thankful to be empowered with the knowledge to know what is going on here, mm -hmm. which is like they want to dumb down your children and all these sort of things. But if you can embrace the truth and walk out of there with your organic raw, whatever you got, and then learn, which I've got so much to say about this, right? Then you're actually flipping that victimhood and becoming like a powerful freaking warrior in this spiritual battle and like knowing the playing field knowing where you're at knowing how to wade these waters of deceit learning to laugh at the propaganda and all this stuff and then being able to shine that light for everyone else is so important so i i'm gonna i have so much to say about the health and all that stuff but i'd like to continue to answer your questions if you have any no i'm just like i the, all of this is good like just keep it coming because i want people to understand that the, this is more than just like yeah okay there's some grid patterns in our sky yeah you can watch this this you know take a moment and watch this plane fly over and then watch over the next two hours as it dissipates into this haze where it was a bright sunny clear day and all of a sudden you can't ha you don't have any sun anymore it's just in a haze and a lot of times it's right in front of wherever the sun is in the atmosphere which is really mm -hmm. interesting but it's more than that. It's like, if this stuff's coming down on us and every other day I have clients coming to me that their parents are suffering with dementia and they're having all of these allergy symptoms and all of these, you know, no one we know is really like, I feel a hundred percent, you know, like we're all dealing with these health implications and is it the food? Yeah, maybe because some of this stuff is affecting our food system. And obviously we have pesticides and glyphosate and all of that. So we're in kind of a toxic soup, but they need to be aware that this is part of it and that there's stuff we can do to mitigate it. So we're going to get to that too. But also I wanted to, since you are a stats guy, because I remember you saying that on a podcast, I listened to you about you. And, you know, one part of the, the documentary I really liked was the guy that this sticks out in my mind, the gentleman that does the time-lapse photos or the videos of the sky. And he mm -hmm. mentioned it was like a hidden orchestra of unprecedented ballet in the sky, but in terms of like dangerous, you know? And so with that, like, as far as what you think is happening, that's impacting what we're seeing today with humanity, how much of what we're seeing today is from this atmospheric aerosol? Well, it's like this octopus and um, the chemtrails are one of the tentacles, but if that one tentacle didn't exist, the octopus couldn't even thrive. So it mm -hmm. is like almost all of it because they're all interconnected. Right. So the interconnectedness of it is, is so deep and diabolical. Um, it's important to understand fluoride. So fluoride is, oh yeah, there's only trace amounts. It's not a big deal. No, we have to have it. We have to talk about this. And then yeah, I'm and so then glad after, you are too. Afterwards, yeah. we need to talk about um, uh, mineralizing and we can talk mm -hmm. about chelation too. Mm -hmm. But more so, I think keeping your terrain intact. Like people want to take some sort of uh, clay or something to get it out of them. It's like make yourself healthy and you won't be absorbing it. You know, that's, that's really it. People want to be unhealthy, drink the beer, watch football, eat Doritos, but then like just take the shot at the end of the day and be like, oh, I'm good. No, you need to live the life and walk the walk and talk the talk. So fluoride is a toxic chemical. It's never been proven, ever, ever been proven to be effective at whatever the claim is. It does not make your teeth strong. It does the opposite, it does the exact opposite. Um, my ex-girlfriend, um, they lived in Korea. Her daughter's half Korean and she has fluorosis. Mm -hmm. 
because of the baby um the baby food or whatever um it was yeah. full of fluoride right um what do you call it that baby, baby baby formula yeah. right it's full of fluoride and i guess the mom didn't know because in korean or whatever and so she has fluorosis so bad that if we had like ice cream or anything that had fluoride in it her bones were aching all night long. She's like crying all night. So I like learned from this as this like barometer from this girl. And like milk is full of it because it's in the feed, mm -hmm. right? Like dairy is full of it. Anyways, what is fluoride? It is a toxic byproduct of aluminum smelting. Mm -hmm. When Alcoa or any big aluminum company goes and melts aluminum down to make aluminum cans, aluminum, whatever for aluminum cars or whatever, they want an aluminum for stuff or to spray in the sky, whatever they want their aluminum for. A toxic hazardous byproduct of the industrial waste, like after they melt the aluminum, the chemicals that come off that like broke away from being bonded to the aluminum when the aluminum was out of the ground. Now they have this pure aluminum they can work with and fluoride is part of the aluminum. It was chemically bonded to it. Okay. It is melted off in this chemical process to refine the aluminum. And now you have a toxic byproduct, toxic waste. Before they would put it in bladders, store it underground, mm -hmm. dispose of it in some way. In the country of China, they dispose of it when they make their aluminum. This huge country, all these people, they just dispose of it. Maybe they give it to us oftentimes. They do not use it for anything. It doesn't absorb to your teeth. It doesn't do what they say. Okay. And you drink it in your water. How's it absorbing your teeth? It goes in your stomach, wreaks havoc on your body that way. It doesn't mm -hmm. get into your teeth. It doesn't do what they say. Like, mm -hmm. let's just make that perfectly clear yeah. there's been studies on uh rats and all these sorts of things just like children you, there's a harvard study that says that uh, children's iqs go down from yeah. taking it affects okay. the thyroid too oh it messes the thyroid up totally bad and um well i want to do a really quick thyroid plug i have an emf protective clothing line called sparrow oh, no, s-p-e-r-o and sparrow um is a latin word for hope s-p-e-r-o is a latin word it means hope and um, Sparrow Gear, S-P-E-R-O Gear is the clothing line. And I and I have a thyroid protector. Oh, nice. So there's this, um, like, it's called a Gator, G-A, like, mm -hmm. with the E-R. Either way, um, it doubles as a headband. And I, I don't do any EMF. I'm wired right now. And I have a flip phone. And um, But people, the thyroid is so sensitive. Mm -hmm. And if you're always on your smartphone, you need to protect it. I recommend taking breaks from your smartphone, but Me if you can, if you're having issues with your thyroid, I, I recommend protecting it. Check out the EMF clothing line. Anyways, please, because <laughs> you said it, and people don't recognize how important that is for so many different things. Absolutely. So the fluoride it comes off of the aluminum, but it came from that. So then we get the fluoride in our systems from. I don't have it in my, this is one of the reasons why I moved to Ashland, Oregon. They don't have it in their water supply. Nice. Okay? They also don't have smart meters. They have their own electrical company. It's a whole another thing. And that's another reason why I wanted to be here. Some communities, they voted it out. Nobody lost their teeth. You know, a lot of communities have voted it out. And then the previous community, I was going to fight really hard to get it out. And I ended up moving, but it's very easy to um, at least try to put it on the ballot or something because so many communities have done it for um, budgetary reasons or health reasons or blah, blah, blah. 
Okay. So it wouldn't be like, you wouldn't be the first person to, to be doing it. Like it's an amazing opportunity for activism to get it on the ballot, to try to get it out of your town. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you so many places have done it. So we get it through our toothpaste. Um, I just spent actually $2,000 on a fluoride meter. I'm going to be doing little videos and like measuring kombucha and stuff. Cause like, what do we know about our yerba mate? We're just grabbing at the store. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's in tap waters. It's in the yerba mates. It's in your Budweiser. Um, it's in some toothpaste, get fluoride free toothpaste. People, please yeah, read it. Absolutely. Read your labels. This yeah. is the most important thing that I ever did in my entire life is one of my friends, older sisters. She was kind of cute. So I probably listened to her more, but either way, <laughs> I'm telling you, she told me, she said, Matt, cause I had heartburn. I was totally unhealthy. I smoked Newport lights and drank malt liquor. I was like, not healthy guy when I was in my twenties yeah. and I had really bad heartburn and I was like, I got to do something about this. And she said, read the ingredients on what you buy at the store when you buy it to eat it. Yeah. I was like, I was like 24. And I was like, huh? And she's like, she goes, if I can't read it, I don't eat it. That slowly changed my entire life. Mm. Okay. Mm. There's a chemical called BHT. Right. It's, it's like this huge abbreviation. It is literally in um, this it's the active ingredient in oral herpes creams. And it's like this disgusting thing. And it's a preservative in your yeah. bugles and your chips mm -hmm. and your cereal and stuff, man. <laughs> like you don't want BHT in your food. And the reason why it's abbreviated is because it'd be this freaking long on there. Nobody would want to eat that thing on the freaking no. ingredients list. So they make it all secretive. Mm -hmm. So fluoride, it gets in your system. You guys, we get it in our system. Try to not get it in your system yeah. it would be like the best thing. And imagine how empowering this is because what I'm about to tell you is you get the fluoride out and now you start to become immune to chemtrails. What? How is that possible? So fluoride is nano level, right? It's really, really small. It gets in your brain um, really easily because it's been refined and melted off the aluminum. It's really small. Okay. So it builds up in your brain and it, it does make you a little like lower your IQ and it makes rats dumb and children dumb and studies and stuff like that. But the, it's this, and it's genius on the side of the evildoers because what they do is they get this fluoride built up in the people's brains and then they come along and they spray aluminum and they put aluminum in the deodorant. Mm. Okay. Mm. Aluminum in the deodorant. I have this book about aluminum um, which I bought like crazy books recently because I'm, I'm like worried about book burnings and truth. And I, I actually challenge anybody to have a better truth book library on earth than me, even bookstores. I have so that. I'm like, serious. <laughs> this isn't even, I've got multiple bookshelves. So check it out. There's a, there's a book conversation with aluminum Adam or something. It's by this PhD doctor, dude. He claims that every single breast cancer case is aluminum building up in the lymphs. And then people just putting their freaking cell phone next to it, man, and microwaving the aluminum or talking oh, on your cell phone, yeah. you're still microwaving that aluminum. So you're literally putting aluminum in their microwave in your breast tissue. That's mm -hmm. how these mm -hmm. breast cancers are forming. So you got aluminum in your deodorant, aluminum in some of your food or whatever, aluminum in the air that you're breathing. Now the aluminum is in your bloodstream, but that aluminum is not as small as the fluoride. It has a problem crossing the blood brain barrier oh also aluminum in every injection that it's an adjuvant in all these in injections mm -hmm. right those in, those things that are going around yeah. so the aluminum it gets in your system and it wants to cross the blood brain barrier 
but we've got a healthy blood brain barrier at the age of 18 months. So anybody out there who wants to maybe, 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 maybe they're on the fence about injecting their babies, wait until they're 18 months because then they have a blood brain barrier to protect their brains. All these things before then are no bueno in my opinion. Okay. I think people should at least know about the development of the blood brain barrier if they're going to be a parent. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, after the age of a year and a half, you have this blood brain barrier that protects your brain from the rest of the blood in your body that can get, you know, toxic stuff in it or whatever. So the fluoride will actually pull the aluminum from the rest of your blood into your brain because it wants to, it attracts it. It wants to bond back to its mommy because it got melted off by Alcoa, right? So it gets these two things pull in your brain, the aluminum and the fluoride. And then they bond chemically, chemical bonds, and they're little explosions. Don't want to make, mix mercury with that. So if you've got these amalgam fillings, you should get them removed. You don't want mercury in your life. You don't want those twirly light bulbs in your world either. Okay. Avoid the mercury because I've got a video that I share on my social media of mercury and aluminum mixing. And it's like a little drop and a little drop. And then it turns into this like two foot tall, like monster. It's really not what you want to have been going on in your brain. So that makes perfect sense how people are getting freaking Alzheimer's. They're not educated. Mm -hmm. They're fluoriding. They're Florida. They go to the dentist. Oh yeah. Give me fluoride. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they put aluminum in their pores where that's your detox mechanism. People you're supposed to be detoxing through your pores. I go to the sauna, like maybe too much. I don't know. I don't know if it's too much. I go to the sauna a lot. Um, I've been doing it ever since before I even learned about chemtrails. Yeah. And um, I went to a bodies exhibit when I was like in my very, when I was like 21 or 20, I went to a bodies exhibit. Yeah, I remember those. And um, they had a person who was just their skin, people who had given their bodies to science. Mm-hmm. The skin is an organ. It is a big organ. Use it, people, please. You can get it working for you. You can sweat out these toxins. Like go to the sauna, push yourself, do a cold plunge, read, read up on Wim Hof And I want to now talk about minerals. So I've been learning a lot about diet and mineralization. And so first, when I started talking about chemtrails and making the movie and hosting the conferences, I hosted a few really big conferences and and got all the supposed chemtrail activists together. And everybody on all the shows, they asked me, well, what can we do? What can we do? What I would first say is pass out some chemtrail flyers, wake someone up, you know? Then I learned about chelation and I was like, oh, spirulina, chlorella, try to get the toxins out. Yeah, that's that's all right. But now I'm back to this terrain, your terrain, your body. We need to take care of our bodies the best that we can. Absolutely. And it's through bioavail, a lot of it I'm learning is through bioavailable, um, bioavailable stuff. So we want to be able to ingest these things that we absorb. All right. Like if you've ever um, grown plants, you can't like the soil, for instance, you give it this some sort of fertilizers and stuff like that. Sometimes it takes like two years for the stuff to break down. Mm-hmm. I had a garden. I put in all this organic stuff and the garden really didn't show the, um, the, the nutrients that I gave it until like two years took two years for that soil to break it all down and the plants to bioabsorb it. So if that plant was like really needing um, what most plants only need NPK, it's like nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium to take them all the way through bloom. And you've got a 
you know, squash or something that does not have very many minerals in it because the only nutrients you gave it was nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. It's got trace minerals in the soil. So anyways, say you've got a plant that's like nitrogen deficient and you're giving it some like nitrogen, it might take years for it to bio to um, be able to uh, biodegrade and be bioavailable for the plant. So maybe you give it like chicken poop that has nitrogen in it. Well, it's, it'll fry the plant. It'll literally kill it. So you got to wait for it to be bioavailable. When you eat things, when you eat foods, it, the, the nutrients need to be bioavailable for you be, to be able to in, like absorb them. So I've been telling people recently, like, just throw those freaking synthetic vitamins in the trash. Yeah. Those vitamins, A to Z, whatever, you know, that when in the 80, when I was growing up, people were like all raving about these things. These vitamins were made in a lab. They don't have the enzymes. Like they're not ready to be absorbed by your body. You're not really absorbing any of those things, really. It's probably bad for you anyways. It's probably bad on your organs. It's probably worse for you to be taking those things than to not. So I'm just going to go on a little enzyme tangent and then I'll segue into minerals and then we'll see where we're at. What do we got? Okay. So I've learned a lot about enzymes recently, digestive enzymes. And you yeah. probably know about a lot about this, but I'll just say it. I've been, I've been eating raw everything. I've been eating as raw as I possibly can and come to find out like getting like Amish raw uninoculated um, like, like uh, cow meat is pretty important. Like the lipids, the fats in the cows will store um, toxins. So you don't want any injections in your cow meat and stuff, but I, yeah. but, but if I do get like a, a steak that I'll eat raw, locally grass-fed um i will couple it with raw amish uninoculated dairy that has the lipids that can encapsulate any of the toxins it's this whole thing i've been learning about and i thought i was lactose intolerant for a decade sister i was if i ate the cheese i was sick immediately i was like i can't do any milk nothing i've now learned about the ver like a1 versus a2 cows mm -hmm. homogenization and not Right. pasteurization and not it, it went to Bouchant pasture all these things like the pasteurization raw is where it's at and then even even like meat so every single thing that we eat that's raw it has these digestive live enzymes in it right and they're like these little living like codes so our body gets those little living codes in the plant or the animal that we eat that's raw that hasn't been heated over like 115 degrees or 110 degrees or something and our body knows how to digest it, how mm -hmm. to assimilate it, how to like get the minerals out, how to like absorb the, the nutri nutrients. If the enzymes have been damaged by cooking it too much or by cooking it in general or whatever, our body doesn't recognize it. And then our pancreas has to create enzymes to process mm -hmm. it. And then we can't absorb the minerals as well. Okay. And we don't get as much of the minerals that we need. I've learned about like Epsom salts and magnesium and the Epsom salts are, are actually synthetic and you got to get the magnesium flakes. Right. The flakes are the way to go. Yep. And then for baking soda, the Arm and Hammer, it's, it says, it says it's um, sodium bicarbonate, but there's a difference between different brands. Um, Arm and Hammer is mined. I mean, sorry, sorry, take that back. Arm and Hammer is not mined. It's toxic. And I was actually getting sick anytime I had any of it. And even just like a tiny trace amount um, the arm, the arm and hammer is made in a lab. It's synthetic. Just learning these certain things. You like honor the truth with integrity hundred percent. And then you start to honor your intakes. So you can get Bob's red mill for your baking soda. You can get magnesium flakes, the uh, magnesium sulfate 
is the bad one because it re the sulfate releases sulfuric acid. So those magnesium salts, they're actually pretty toxic. Learned that the hard way myself. So anyways, sorry, a little tangent. I just wanted to get all that out so people can um, hear it. Love it. Yeah. So um, getting my diet in shape and learning how to like detox <laughs> and kind of pull out the, the bad stuff. It's been, it's been one, one hell of a journey. I, uh, a couple of years ago, I, um, long story, I ended up in the hospital with a broken arm. The arm was broken really bad. So I had to get surgery. And after getting out of the hospital, after one week, I had this whole healing journey. Like I'm still pretty numb in my left hand and it's been two years. Um, and I got plates and all this stuff. And I was given so many drugs while I was in the hospital to do the surgery, the fentanyl, the morphine, the oxys, and, um, you name it. So all those pharmaceuticals, they actually disrupt your body's ability to uptake minerals. Yeah. So I couldn't hardly heal or put on any muscle or even just heal my, my little broken arm. Like once I got out of the cast, I wanted to put on some like muscle or something, but nothing would stick. Um, my body's mineral uptake receptors were blocked from the opiates that I was given in the hospital. Cool. When I got out of the hospital, I was supposed to get a prescription of oxys. I didn't even do it. I did not want to do any more Good for it. you. Yeah, it was a journey. You know, I got to experience pain instead. So, <laughs> but I did it and it was great. And I'm, you know, I, I, I'm alive to tell the story. So what I learned is our bodies need about 104 minerals every day to do its normal functions. That 104 mineral list has things on it that I've never even heard of. Einsteinium and random words that I'm like, these are minerals that my body needs. Okay. I'm eating something like an orange. I'm probably getting like three of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started to learn and try to figure it out. And first I came across mineral supplements, but what I learned is I was basically eating rocks and the rocks weren't bioavailable. These things need to be plant based. Mm -hmm. And so what I ended up coming across was Irish sea moss mm -hmm. and the Irish sea moss has bladderwrack and burdock in it. And they're just wildcrafted. It's in a pill form. So they have been dried. So I'm kind of being hypocritical on my enzyme thing. Okay. <laughs> and my raw thing. So I do, I do kind of bounce around. Like I will eat cooked food. It's like my metabolism and when I'm eating just raw and raw honey and all this stuff, my metabolism, my metabolism is through the roof. And I'm like hungry after like short amount of time. So I'm realizing carbs equals cooked food and they burn off slower and all this stuff. It's a process. Learning it all is, is something. So the Irish sea moss, it has 104 bioavailable minerals in it when you take it with the burdock and the bladder rack. And all those minerals that I kept taking every single day, it gave me the ability to build my bones and my muscles back and all this stuff because it was plant-based. So I started to really learn about taking care of my, my body the best that I could. And it's, it's not through popping like synthetic pills or, you know, what the mainstream says. It's about getting in shape, eating simple, eating whole foods, not eating stuff out of a package, like literally taking all of that food out of your life that's processed and replacing it with like orange, potatoes, squash, you know, like I took bread out of my life and now bread makes me sick, man. I'm right. sorry to say it. I wish that I could just have a bagel, but the other day I did and it, 
it didn't work out for me. So I'm refining myself and I'm becoming like a more in tune spiritual kind of being. But also, guess what? I get to convey these messages on to everybody as I learn and learn about minerals and how and what they do and such, you know? Oh my gosh, so much to unpack there in what you said, because it is, it's like, that's what I've been trying to convey to my clients that think, well, you know, I've been doing this, you know, gluten-free for 30 days, shouldn't I be better? And I was like, no, this is one step. This is one thing in an orchestra of things, a potpourri of, of aspects of your life we're going to work on. So yeah, it's, it's these tiny little things, you know, getting more sleep and going gluten-free and not eating processed, like you said, and finding the right nutrients that are raw materials for your body. And then we need to shift gears and talk about our environment because that's, it's not just the atmospheric sprays. It's also, you know, this 5G that's come out. So during the last maybe six months of this pandemic, um, I noticed more spraying towards the end of it. And then I also noticed that there were more towers up than had previously been before COVID. Now, I would love to know from your understanding and your stats and your information, like what about this 5G? Is, is there some correlation with what's going on in our skies with 5G? And is 5G dangerous? Because I, I've talked about it at length at nauseum to some people in my podcast, but I want to hear from you because you've got these people on their 5G phones now, wearing their AirPods in between their brain, um, living in Wi-Fi soup. I mean, even the woods have Wi-Fi now because I got onto my husband the other day because he went up and put up game cameras where he goes hunting. And now he gets text messages on his phone of the deer that are in that specific area. And I'm like, you mean to tell me you put a Wi-Fi game camera in the woods where I go to bow hunt and I want to get away from technology. I want to be out with the animals, you know, and now you're radiating my deer. So they're going to be less potent for me to eat because I love deer meat. And so anyway, it was a whole big thing, but he was like, oh my gosh, roll his eyes because that's what he would do. <laughs> but He's a good guy. He's a good bow hunter too. But I was, it's, it's this premise of like, it's, it's our environment. It's not just our foods. It's not just these raw materials. They definitely are a piece, but let's talk about this correlation. Maybe if there is with the geoengineering and the 5g. Uh, yeah, I could talk about that for a long time. Like I, said, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's, I'm in a very unique position being um, that I own this um, EMF protective clothing company. To answer your question, yes, very much so. Okay. If we end up with aluminum in our bodies and then there's an increase in microwave radiation all around us. We're like that an aluminum Yeah, we're like antennas. Yeah. But also, uh, for instance, the Navy, there's so many studies. The Navy did 3,000 studies on EMF radiation in the mid-70s. One of them was um, they put ink in rats' brains and then exposed them to low-level um, oscillating EMF radiation, which is what we have all around us. Um, EMF radiation makes the blood-brain barrier permeable. It, perme it makes the blood-brain barrier leak. Yeah. So the dye that was in the rats' brains went all through their body when they're exposed to EMF radiation. So the 5G breaks down our... The 5G does so much and it does, it interacts with the, the chemtrails. One thing is, okay, they've got the chemtrails They keep trying to get them to stick in the sky. Well, if they've got more microwave antennas, they can elevate them with that, but also they work in conjunction with one another. If you've got a more metallicized, if you've got a more metallic air, 
then that 5G frequency can go farther because the big problem with the 5G frequency is it can't go very far, really. It shouldn't be able to travel more than like a city block. Um, the carrier wave that they're utilizing is more of a weapon than uh, than um, a telecom, and then like a, it's a weapon. It shouldn't be used for data transfer. So I'll get into this because everyone should know and I'll try to make it short. So e EMF radiation is light. It's radio frequency, but it's light. It's light that we can't see. And telecom agencies have learned how to carry data on light that we can't see. And the light has different properties. Basically it has its own size. So a really big light wave that they carry their data on, they can't carry as much information, um, but they can carry it much further. The reason why you can't carry much information on a large carrier wave is because it doesn't, it can't do as many waves per second. More waves per second or more waves, yeah, basically per second is what we'll use. Um, more waves that can come by per second, the more data that can be on all that inf waves, more information, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. AM radio waves, they travel really far, as we know, and they're 100 feet tall. They go through buildings, they go through us, they don't impact us. FM radio waves are 10 feet tall, and they go through everything still, and we don't need a FM antenna on our block to be able to get the signal. Wi-Fi, um, 4G, 3G, that's a much smaller signal. Um, Wi-Fi can't go too far, but it's still like a foot tall. It oscillates, but it's still a relatively larger signal compared to 5G even. Um, 5G is measured in millimeters, and we're talking about the, the height of the, the wave, like each crest, if, you, mm -hmm. if, this, if this is making sense. Yeah. So then 5G is measured in millimeters. A, millimeter, um, um, a penny is one and a half millimeters thick, and 5G is in this bandwidth so like the telecom agencies, they basically buy different spectrums and bandwidths to work with. And now this 5G one is being utilized and it involves data being transferred on these carrier waves that are super small, measured in just a, like a few millimeters, mm -hmm. okay? And the, because they're so small, they can carry a lot of data, but because they're so small, they cannot go very far. But if the, if the air is more metallic, it can conduct more energy and they can travel more in that medium more than our regular air so that seems like something mm -hmm. also because the the data can't go very far on these smaller carrier waves every cell phone now that's 4g lte or even every iphone i'm thinking is being turned into this and every 5g phone 4g lte which is any 4g phone is being turned into 5g 4g lte just stands for long-term evolution which means 5g so they're segueing these into 5g not really telling you and what they are are now little antennas they're little mm. um cell towers yeah so instead of your phone sending off your data or trying to connect to the tower to do your voice call or whatever it's just connecting to the next closest phone um, because the signal can't go very far and so all the data is getting pushed to the next phone to the next phone to the next phone in this like spoken wheel mesh system where the next phone is just trying to push this strong much stronger sig signal to the next closest tower so all these towers are getting put up because they need to be closer now but all the phones are emitting way more radiation and what i've realized is not even like oh it's 10 times more radiation than before it's a completely 
new, completely different type of radiation right. than before. Okay? Yeah. If I was given a number, I'd say it's like a hundred times more radiation, but it's not, it's a different type. It's like humanity has never been exposed to this ever. <laughs> so I hope that made sense. I've told that story a bunch and now I'm going to tell another story. That I've told a bunch that I have to get off my chest and then um, we can wrap it up. But this is really important. So because I'm in a, a unique position, so I've got this EMF clothing line. I make silver woven. I make fabric made out of woven silver and make that into clothing and hats and stuff. I've got like 30 items now. Um, I hope that people can check me out on Instagram. I'm S P E R O Sparrow gear. Yeah. Um, Sparrowgear.com and, and all that. So um, I make uh, men's underwear and baby blankets and all that sort of stuff. And it deflects the EMF from radio waves, mm -hmm. uh, uh, AM, FM, 5G, 4G, all that stuff, Wi-Fi. And that's bouncing off of the silver because it's got certain properties. The silver's got this density to it that the light just um, bounces off of it, basically. And so it doesn't get to your skin when you're wearing the um, clothing. And, and by it not getting to your skin, it doesn't accumulate and absorb into you because the 5G, when it hits you, it absorbs. And the biggest problem with 5G is because of its size, it's going to be um, very problematic with pregnant women, those pregnant women who are having children, the children that are being conceived and born and raised in a 5G environment, they're going to have some issues because when you're growing up in this 5G environment, you've got this little tiny wave hitting you, it's going to impact your fertility because your eggs are really small, ovaries are really small, these small organs in our bodies. It's actually designed to do this. So it seems like we should learn to protect ourselves and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So uh, the question is, does 5G um, impact our health? Yes, very much so. And I'm a firm believer that all of the nonsense that we've been dealing with over the past two and a half years has been not what they say. And it has been more um, this, it has been more 5G than anything. And I don't just make these like random assumptions like i said statistics there's correlation there's causation and listen to please the unique position that i'm in so in 2018 i came out with my company um 2018 i figured that i would make these phone bags so i came out with these silver fabric phone bags eight colors you put your phone inside this it's called a faraday bag named, named after michael faraday made faraday cages um, you put your phone in this little phone bag and you get no signal. Mm -hmm. It's just like turning your phone off almost, but still like people worry about their privacy even when the phone is off. And then they don't know, is the phone off or whatever? There's reasons why people like it, trust me. Um, a lot of people are like, what? Why would I want the bag? Anyways, people do like the bag. Um, you put it in your bedside or whatever and you know your phone is not doing anything. It's The alarm will still work, but no signal gets through the silver fabric. So I started selling the bags in 2018 on two, on 9-19-2019, September 19th, 2019, I went on this um, big radio show, Coast to Coast, a couple million listeners, really sold a bunch of the phone bags, got them all out all over the world. And I was really trying to push them and I made cap hats, baseball caps as well. So that's all I had at that point. And my supplier also, they were selling the phone bags, okay? I was selling thousands, they were selling hundreds of thousands, especially in Israel, uh, Japan, Korea, Germany, China. Okay. These phone bags sold all over the world. And up until March, 2019, all of the phone bags worked everywhere on earth, meaning any phone that was out 
You put it in the phone bag and it won't work inside. No text, no tracking, no tracing, no phone calls, nothing gets through. No Wi-Fi, nothing, okay? So all of a sudden, March 2019, March 2020, sorry. I don't know if I said 2019 before. I meant to say March 2020, we got locked down, okay? All of a sudden, um, we're in our houses and everyone's like, what's going on? The whole world's on lockdown. People started messaging me. Matt, I mean, I, I give my business card, my orders usually. And so, mm -hmm. or I used to. And so people have my cell phone. People are contacting <laughs> me. Boom, 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 boom. People were even really, really upset. You sold me a fraudulent product. I'm like, what, what's going on? I didn't even know. What's up? Like this phone bag worked for the past six months. Phone bag worked for the past two weeks. Phone bag worked for the past two years. Whatever it was, everybody's phone bag worked and then they weren't working. Wow. And I was like, what the heck? What gives? So I didn't know what the heck. And I started giving people refunds, trying to figure it out, contact my supplier. And they're like, we're hearing this from other people. Let's make them double layered. So I'm like, okay, that's got to work. Two layers of the fabric that worked before. So I make double layered bags, which I still have in eight colors. <laughs> and I, I, I gave everybody that was mad new phone bags all over the world, not just the United States. So then their phone bags worked and they put their phone in the bag and they got no signal. I kid you not, come Omicron variant, right when the Omicron variant came out in like October of that year, the double layer bag stopped working, okay? And it was just for certain smartphones, especially iPhones, iPhones across the board, like iPhone 8 even. I was like, what? All those iPhones started becoming part of this um, network to make 5G work. The Verizon is on this low band. There's three types of 5G, high band, low band, mid band. It's different spectrums that they bought in the broadband spectrums. Verizon is like the most potent and they had to have these iPhones like basically Trojan horse ready to be turned onto a whole new bandwidth. And people like these families of like five people in the family, they all got the new iPhone. They all, all of a sudden come down with this new, you know what? And everyone's, you know, believing the official narrative all right so i got i was like what am i gonna do i tried to make triple layer bags they still didn't even work so i had to make triple layer bags with a lay layer of copper nickel so now i have a layer of copper nickel fabric which is like gangbusters sandwiched with two layers of silver now three layers of fabric but utilizing three different metals and now you put your freaking 5G iPhone in there or whatever, and it doesn't get any signal. So I had to go through all of that because these phones were incrementally being cranked up so much that people were losing their hair, losing their taste buds, not be like all these different range of symptoms. Every last one of them very easily can be, um, by a clinician can be um, deemed low-level radiation sickness right symptoms. right okay some people are like this it's not going away and mm -hmm. they're walking around that thing in their pocket all day long man and their doctor's like oh i don't know and mm -hmm. they're like weird it's not going away maybe i need another this and give me this and it's like own your terrain your terrain right. is not just the food you take in it's your media intake mm -hmm. it's the frequency of the stuff around you it's honoring your grounding and yeah maybe not putting wi-fi out in the Middle of nowhere. I mean, the trail cams are cool, you know? <laughs> I like when they catch like a, a cool cat or something like that. We have mountain lions around here. 
Oh my gosh. So like, okay. So I have to share with you that I haven't tried your products because I was, I was getting my Faraday stuff and my EMF protection from another company. And for a while it was working and I have meters and I test it. And around that same time that you're talking about, it's not just your products. It was theirs too, because I had this little fanny pack that I would like stick my phone in and it was going to roll it up and it's EMF free. And I tested it and it worked. The fanny pack like died right during that time that you're saying that everything went down and nothing was working. Cause I test, I would test periodically just to make sure. Cause you have this thing right against your belly, you know, mm-hmm. and this thing stopped working. I'm just going to throw it away because I'm upset that I, I, I'm not protecting myself. So I just got into the habit of, I just turn my phone off unless I need to use it. And I have a freaking old, old, old iPhone, like iPhone six. And so I won't upgrade for that reason. Like I'm just going to stay old. And when it dies, I'll go back to a flip phone but I just keep it off but it, I have to try now your new bag now that I'm finding out about it because yeah, it's so crazy that you said that because I just thought it was defective I never even reached out to the company and said anything because I thought it was just my device so this is so fascinating what you're talking about now like you said we're going to wrap up here and I'm going to have all everything we've talked about your your products your company in the show notes and things like that and where people can find Frankenskies and I know you're you're working on a second one which is super exciting um but as we wrap up so if you could give the listeners cuz you've given them so many tools but if you could give like a summary of the best things they could do right now to protect themselves from what's happening in our atmosphere, as well as like this exposure to constant EMF, because I think, like you said, more people are sensitive to this radio wave sickness than they realize. More of the symptoms I see coming into my practice, I'm telling people, I don't care what you eat, turn your phone off when you're not using it, turn your Wi-Fi off when you're not using it, get out of using Bluetooth in your car. And they're like, just tell me what to eat. And I'm like, no, this is more important. And so, yeah, I'd love to hear from you just a summary of what you would love the listeners to do to mitigate some of this as we wrap up. Uh, yes, I would love to. Firstly, I would like to say that all of the EMF companies out there, um, I love and support all of them and OMG what they have to go through I'm because sure. nobody saw this coming. And when you go and you're trying to deal with a company overseas I deal with so many different companies. They all want you to buy 10,000 things. Like you have to get, they, they want to stop their factory and make your thing, mm-hmm. you know? They're not yeah. just going to make 100 for you. So you got to buy 10,000 of those things or yeah. whatever. And then they stop working. Oh my gosh, that's not cool. That's so unfair. <laughs> and so it's been, it's been quite the nightmare. And I've definitely got some gray hairs and I really feel for those EMF companies out there. So please, people... Um, don't give them a hard time and, you know, try to support them, yeah. me, me also, but also them. Like there's other EM, EMF companies out there. And my goal is that I want everybody to flourish. A rising tide lifts all ships. Right. So the more that we become aware and the knowledge and education is there, then all these, you know, uh, EMF companies can thrive and maybe even like freaking adidas can start making emf stuff or something i don't know or care but i want people to be protected and educated especially the children Mm -hmm. and so for a takeaway and there's a lot of stuff that we talked about and if people still have fluoride in their toothpaste don't just use it until it's done throw it in the the trash (laughs) 
those earbuds, right I, don't care, I don't care how much those earbuds cost. They communicate through your brain. Yes. They are communicating information, not just down to your iPad or your phone, or your iPod or whatever, your MP3 player. They talk back and forth through your brain. I don't care if you feel it over time, you're being very manipulated and, and minerals are being messed with and your brain yeah. waves are being messed with. If you learn about binaural beats and how sensitive our, mm -hmm. our brain waves are, it's very, very real stuff. So this is my, my takeaway. This is what I want people to, to um, walk away with, with please. Um, well, firstly, we're spiritual beings and we need to learn and honor that. And it's not just like this happen random thing that we're here on earth. Like we're here to, to honor the truth and like lead mm -hmm. the way for the next generation. So let's, let's do that and be that. But also we're very much electrical beings. Absolutely. In knowing that you can um, read the book, um, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur, Arthur Furstenberg. One of my favorites. But also um, honoring the fact that we're electrical beings, being of rhythm, beings of rhythm. Okay. If you don't think you're a being of rhythm and frequency and vibration, try just not sleeping for a week. Just try to not own that vibration and that, that rhythm of your life. Like sure. we, we go up and down with the sun. We are very much down to our cells, electrical beings, beings of frequency. Okay. So honor that meaning go out into nature, mm -hmm. take off your shoes, sit down. You don't have to take your shoes off, but get out there and get tuned into that Schumann resonance of 7.8 Hertz. That is what our body is supposed to be tuned into. Yes. We're bombarded with all this stuff everywhere we go. You go to a coffee shop for 30 minutes, your biorhythm is thrown off. You get under an LED light for 10 minutes or even 10 seconds. All these things that were around, the light bulbs, the frequencies, everybody's music, everything. Pop music going through your head. I recommend getting out there, go for a walk, find some balance in your life that is nature, whether it's a weekend hike, weekend camping, getting out there, going for a walk without your phone, yeah. Even with in silence, without any music going through your freaking headphones, just get out there and honor that you need to shed the dirty electricity that's getting built up in your body. Yeah. So it builds up from everything around us, even your outlets, dirty electricity. Guess what? It's not grounding because we're wearing rubber shoes. Mm -hmm. We're not out in some like conductive uh, wet grass. We're not s standing in the ocean waves or stream every single day or whatever it is. But we got to realize that this dirty electricity builds up in our bodies. And it ends up actually um, making our biorhythms off. All of our organs are a certain frequency. Our brain is a certain frequency. Our heart, everything is in concert. And the more that it gets thrown off, the more that we're susceptible to absorbing toxins from our environment and all this other stuff because we're not owning our terrain. The healthier we are, the less we're absorbing the toxins. I didn't really finish up on the minerals thing. And so I will. So that was my kind of closing thing. But I want to say one more thing about the minerals. The point about the minerals is when you've got bioavailable minerals in your system, you're eating really well, you're eating fruit, um, you're eating like good foods, you, maybe you're taking that CMOS that has those 104 bioavailable uh, plant-based minerals. Then when your body's not mineral deficient, you're not trying to get all those minerals from everything out there in the world. Okay. So say you're not magnesium and you're not calcium deficient then you're not absorbing the air trying to get that. And you're not absorbing all this stuff trying to get that. You're, you're up to speed on your minerals. You're a healthy, healthy, mm -hmm. happy human. But if you are mineral deficient, 
you're absorbing radioactive cadmium from the chemtrails and it's going in your bones because your bones are so depleted. They need something so bad that your body's like, oh, I think that that's the mineral that I need. No, it's not. It's actually toxins, you know? So you could be ingesting even like toxic air, toxic water, toxic food. But if you're up to speed on your minerals, your body's just going to reject it and not absorb it. So own your health and honor yourself and know that it's like a daily process. You're not just going to go out and run if you haven't been running, you mm -hmm. know, start small and keep on, on going. I've, I've been doing that myself. Like my, my broken arm was so frail and I just got like a little weight and I'm not huge or anything, but I'm, I'm like slowly getting to where I'm happy with my endurance and my biorhythms. And like you said about getting good sleep, it's so important. And I even think it's important to spend time alone. I know a lot of parents out there never get that, but if you can be alone, even 10 minutes a day, one day a week, whatever you can do to, to settle your mind and just process your thoughts, your day, your childhood, whatever you got to do to just get grounded and be in your body. It's really important to, to honor yourself and that you have a spirit and a body and these two things need to kind of work together in conjunction with one another to be the best you can be well said oh my gosh yeah and i put magnesium on virtually every client i'm just like take it until you get loose stools because it is so powerful to all the enzymatic processes of your body and especially mitigating emf like you said so oh that's so powerful plus the alone and the downtime like people are go 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 and we need downtime we need time in nature away from devices away from inside being inside all the time so i love all of that so we're gonna i'm gonna have everything in the show notes one final question i ask all my listeners is audrey hepburn has a quote that is i believe that every day should have at least one exquisite moment will you please share with me your one exquisite moment today today's exquisite moment <laughs> okay well it's been I mean, does everyone say being on the show with you? Because that it's been really nice to meet you. Oh, thank you. Um, but I will, I'll try to say something that wasn't that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Okay. So today was very, um, it was a big day for me because I had this show on my calendar for oh, since, since late July, mid July yeah. or whatever, when yeah. we were talking about it. And I woke up pretty kind of groggy. And I've been on like 600 radio shows. And usually, you know what I do? It's like, go get a cappuccino. <laughs> That's what I do, man. And I went to that same place and got a juice. Because it's an amazing, it's actually, it's called Raw. It's, they do both. So it's like a, a juice bar and coffee. And I didn't nice. get, and they're they like, cappuccino, Matt. And I was like, no, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Just getting, I'm here in the morning to get a juice. And I got it and it was really nice. Mm. And I had some Irish sea moss and a little bite of chocolate and I was really, and I felt great. And I didn't need coffee for your uh -huh. show. I don't need coffee to talk to you. So this was the biggest hurdle thus far. And now it's just like far in the past now that I was able to cross this show off the calendar and not be caffeinated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We <laughs> Sorry, just need we to have a whole nother podcast because this is so That's... good. You have a wealth of information I know that you can share and you guys start with his documentary, check that out. And then we will definitely, if you're open to it, do this again so we can talk more, especially when you launch your second one, I'd love to be one of your first to promote it. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm definitely going to check out your Faraday bags as well. Cause I'm excited about that. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll do this again, Matt. Thank you. Have a nice day.
Yeah, you too. Hey guys, are you in the Midwest? Are you in the East Coast? Are you in Brazil? Are you in Asia? It doesn't matter where you are. I would love to work with you as your nutritionist. And so just to let you know, I offer nutrition consulting worldwide. You can work with me anywhere. I have clients all over the world and I love to spend time over the internet with each one of them figuring out their specific needs. So your specific needs, what deficiencies are you having? What symptoms are you dealing with daily that we can address for you? So that's what I, as a nutrition detective, like to get to the bottom of. I ask you a ton of questions. We meet over Zoom or over FaceTime, whatever is convenient for you. And we discuss all of your specific needs. If you would like to work with me, just shoot me an email, getfitwithjodell at gmail.com. That's getfit. G-E-T-F-I-T-W-I-T-H-J-O-D-E-L-L-E at gmail.com. And let's set up a 15-minute free call for you just to see if I'm a good fit for you as a nutrition therapy practitioner. Again, email me, getfitwithjodell at gmail.com, and let's get you set up feeling better. Lose that unwanted weight that you have going on lose those symptoms that you have hanging around and optimize your health as best we can. Biotoxin illness is a real thing and today a lot of people are dealing with stuff called Lyme or mold exposure, also parasites. All of these toxins are infiltrating our system because of the system that we're living in. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of options out there that are quick and effective to get rid of these toxins that are infiltrating us, except for something that I am getting so excited about, which is called the Milk Cleanse. So you're definitely gonna wanna check out this eight-day program. It's just a simple cleanse you can do. It's a simple mono diet that requires no effort on your part except to find your favorite source of milk. And side note here, even if you're dairy intolerant or lactose intolerant, you can still achieve health through this milk cleanse because there is some really great research out there showing that a mono diet of milk actually can help you develop a tolerance for dairy. So I'd like you to go to themilkcleanse.com and check it out. There's so much great research there. I myself have done it repeatedly now with great success. Um, Actually at the tail end of my mold exposure now I did this eight day milk cleanse and 99% of the leftover symptoms I had are gone. So if you want to try this milk cleanse, you can use my promo code TMCJODELL That's T-M-C-J-O-D-E-L-L-E for 10% off the cleanse. I can't recommend this cleanse more because of how much it's done for me and I know it's gonna do wonders for you as well. Everybody I know that's done this has had great success. It's not a diet, it's just a simple way to add better health, better gut health, better brain health in just as little as eight days. So if you have questions on this or you think it's kind of kooky, reach out to me, getfitwithjodell at gmail.com. I'm happy to inform you about how much I love this cleanse. And don't forget to listen to my latest podcast where I podcasted with the founder of the cleanse just to break down all the information for you. But again, themilkcleanse.com and use my promo code T-M-C-J-O-D-E-L-L-E for 10% off. Milk really does do a body good. Every cell 
needs energy to perform. And one way that I like to provide fuel for those cells and those little mitochondria in there is with methylene blue. Methylene blue is literally food for your mitochondria. It delivers oxygen into the cell on so many different levels. And if you haven't tried it yet, I want to tell you about the product that I love from Lifeblood. So their methylene blue, lifeblood.co's methylene blue is my favorite for purity reasons, for quality assurance, knowing I'm getting a really great product. I did a podcast with the founder, Adam Marafiotti, so please check that out. But also check out lifeblood.co and use my code, Jodell, J-O-D-E-L-L-E, to save on your purchase of their Methylene Blue product. I also love their magnesium. I love their magnesium powder that you make your own magnesium out of. So check out all of their wonderful products and use my code to help you save. Methylene Blue is also very anti-parasitic, antiviral, antimicrobial. So Methylene Blue to the rescue, get yours today.